Hi, I'm Reverend Carol Saunders, host of The Spiritual Forum. I'm here with a lot of interesting people who gather each week to be an inquiry and dialogue on living the spiritual life. We're all on the spiritual path, growing in our understanding of ourselves and others, and moving from being complainers to being empowered to simply being. We know that we can't change the world unless we change ourselves. Welcome to the forum. All right, welcome everyone to the Spiritual Forum. I'm here today with John Paul Rice. John began his career, film career, in Georgia, working on Jerry Bruckheimer's Remember the Titans, which was released in 2000. And that movie was starring Denzel Washington. I sure remember that movie. It was a very motivational one. Uh, In 2001, John landed a position at the film finance sales and production company called Senator International, which was led by Joseph Drake, who is a producer, executive producer of multiple films, including Juno and The Hunger Games. Under Joe's leadership, John developed an interest in producing independent feature films. And in 2008, he formed No Restrictions Entertainment with filmmaker Edgar Michael Bravo. No Restrictions Entertainment produces bold, cutting-edge, and authentic stories that humanize issues rarely shown in Hollywood movies. I believe you've produced um, seven movies, and among them are A Child's Voice, which exposes child's trafficking, uh, child trafficking, and the most recent one is Game Day, which is an authentic and powerful story about a dysfunctional family that fights passionately among themselves but never gives up on each other. So that's that's a little that's kind of a synopsis of you, John Paul Rice. Welcome, glad to have you on today. It's really a pleasure. Thank you so much. So we started off before we even started recording. It's like, well, how did I find you? Where did you know? And I did find <laughs> you by listening to other podcasts and. I was so moved by your own stories and the way you relate them to the world. And so I thought that we would talk today about, if you're open, your own personal story of forgiveness and healing. And I also know that you do a lot of teaching and sharing about uh, healing through the inner child and that we need to get our inner child back on. And that's really what we need to be doing. And um, then I thought we might move into how can all of the various fragmented fa- frac- uh, factions of our world today um, heal and reconcile and forgive or do whatever the work is so that we can move forward as a human species, you know, uh, recognizing and stepping into our divine authentic nature. So those are the three things I thought we would talk about, and who knows where else we'll go. (laughs) You know, easy ones, softball questions. Right, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Let's heal the planet. I want to run for president in four years. Give them to me, Carol. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you're you're probably a little too authentic and real to be president. (laughs) No. (laughs) It would be very refreshing, though, for sure. Uh, It would be a lovely world if we could get there. Yeah. Okay. So let's break it down. (laughs) Yeah, let's break it down. Can we start with your story? Sure. Um, And thank you for the introduction and also for kind of setting the table. Um, My background is 19 years living in Los Angeles, 22 years in the film industry. Um, I went out there as an actor And I came into this world not understanding my own childhood, 
which the life that I lived was, uh, like many people, not the only one, certainly. Uh, I encountered hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of people like me who wanted to be loved and sought it through the distortions of fame and power, terror, fear, narcissism, sociopathic, and even psychopathic behaviors. In the most beautiful of places called Los Angeles, because it has the perfect weather almost year round, has the best restaurants, the best food, the best cultures, the best vistas in a desert. It, you can go to the mountains three hours away and by sunset be on the beach, enjoying a campsite, you know, fire. Um, <clears throat> it has all of the opportunity and the money. It has the world of illusion of self. And <clears throat> the only thing that it taught me was it was a book of wisdom for this time to see myself in mirrors and illusions of other things that I had created that were created for me. So my work to get here in film took on a manifestation of, you know, like a structure of story where, you know, you tell the story about a kid who goes to Hollywood and he does these things and really it's just, it's just a story unlike any other story. But the only difference in this case why we're talking is mine was a little different. I was a little bit more luckier. I was, I had unconditional love of some form around me, protecting me and guiding me. And that's not like, <clears throat> oh, I'm protected and guided and this person over here suffers horribly over here is not. No. Um, what I came to understand is that if you exist in this time right now, which you didn't sign up for, on a conscious level, no one signed up for this on a conscious level. Everybody was fine to be spiritual before things got really bad, right? It's a lot <laughs> easier until it comes to your front door. <laughs> for sure, yeah. And when you start to see the manifestation of evil in the world, and then you see the parallels to yourself, and then you, what I did, and you asked about healing, Healing is not a destination uh, in terms of healed period until you're done here, right? The thing that you're doing here is you're going through the friction of matter and consciousness. I'm being very simplistic about that, but the friction of our consciousness, the unconscious perceiving its conscious self in awareness of all that is going on around it and seeing itself in all of the divine around it. 
conscious and unconscious, itself unconscious and conscious throughout time of its own lifetime. And becoming aware of the disassociation between the conscious and the unconscious manifesting into energy of psychic content that is being awakened through the traumas of the mind and the body on the whole for everyone manifests over here this way goes over here this way and everything that we can't see in between or even imagine for that matter the manifestation of evil for example in this time prior to this time many people were very certain about what was right and wrong what was god and what was authority what was god and what was science and all of that is being challenged because all of that is being brought out from from within to make debatable what is real and not real what's true and not true coke or pepsi <laughs> reebok or nike left or right and it's a sickness it's a collective it's a collective insanity that's pulling at the deepest parts of who we are as children because of our beliefs when we were children we believed in santa claus Today there are adults who have that same belief structure because of psychological issues that have been going on in trajectories from which you and I did not see starting in a home. Culturally we're responding to all these things on a timeline in response to the next iteration of it, but we're not seeing the root cause of where it's coming from and stopping it and anchoring in love to replace it. We're looking for a mechanical answer. on a biological level for trauma it's me looking for a face who of a woman who would love me the way i needed to be loved the face that i got was my mother who was mentally ill because she was sexually abused as a child horrifically mm-hmm. in a wealthy well to do educated educated environment in the 1940s and 50s in St. Louis when child abuse was not talked about was openly sanctioned and most of the things that parents well it's interesting because i could say the same thing about things that parents do today that we allow them to do but the things that parents got away with 50 and 100 years ago would put most of them in jail for a long time today yeah the understanding was in the forgiveness came in steps over years when i began and and i say this like openly and completely i cried tears of you know buckets of tears um forgiving them was not an obligation for me forgiving them was working through my self-hatred my self-hatred that that was scarred and laid upon me because of their self-hatred and their worthlessness that they felt because of what would happen to them as children they grew up i mean if, if you just want to blame external events fine 
they did grow up in two world wars. They came from a generation before them of two world wars, brutal compared to the level of stuff that we see today. This is glorified violence. This is millions of bodies, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of bodies piled up from that time and, and no language on the whole like we have today to be able to begin to describe what post-traumatic stress disorder really is, feels like, and is experienced as. What narcissism really is, feels like, and is experienced as. All of these things are now able and more people are talking about them than ever before. And we're trying to put the pieces together in different ways to understand ourselves better in relation to adverse behaviors. That alone is a big shift. That's come along in a big way. And these conversations are what enrich those, those traditions, actually. That's what we really have to see what they are. They're traditions. They're born in us. They're coming alive in us. That self-reflection, those mirrors are coming back around again for me to face myself. So, but I will tell you that I did a lot of this in steps over 20 years. I read Alice Miller's Drama of the Gifted Child, For Your Own Good, The Body Never Lies. And I had epiphanies in all of those that were extremely emotional and some of them frightening in their uh, imagery and the dreams that I had and the nightmares that I had to remember in metaphors and then later revisit all of those dreams and all of those experiences over 20 to 30 years, almost 40 years. Um, it's not something that you can sell to anybody and it's not something you can mass market to say, okay, here's the package and here's how all of this stuff is going to go. And you are, if you had talked to your future self right now, you'd say there is no effing way I am signing up for it. <laughs> Not going to do that. You couldn't sell it to anybody. You couldn't, you, what, you can't. You, but why, what, do you remember what it was that, that caused you to be on that journey? You said it was the, was it self-hatred you said, I think was what you said, but yeah. Was was there was it was it some was it something that was gnawing at you or was it something some sort of epiphany or some sort of a moment that said I, I've got to I've got to process all this? Mm -hmm. Well, I had I had forty years old. Uh, I'm going to be forty four this year in September, and I had forty years old. And when I went into like, if there was a singular event that I kind of cohesively constructed in my head, I went to um, Big Bear during the off season in the fall for my birthday around September, I spent four days there and time just stood still. Nobody was there. I went out in the kayak in the middle of the, or the canoe in the middle of the uh, lake. I walked, there were maybe just a dozen people in town at that time. The, the weather was warm. Uh, I stilled my mind at a practical level. And I said that um, I need to change. There had been moments preceding that. I think every, every one of our lives, there is a moment that precedes the, the one before it. Um, 
or the one after really. <laughs> I mean, it goes one way or the other, really, when you look at it. But I think that the ultimate level of discernment came in when I gave the keys of my childhood to someone who had earned from the brutal level that I had to defend myself as a child. Like, just to, as a footnote, most children who go through the childhoods that I went through would end up as a meth addict, a prostitute, a transvestite, um, a uh, not a criminal. Well, if you got, if you didn't have the certain love that I was given in moments, you and you had somebody who beat the shit out of you, sorry for the language, but if you, if you beat them, um, you're, you're committing them to a life of hell. Uh, you hit a child on any level and justify it, you have set them in motion to, to have a very difficult life more than most people will even deal with in their difficulty of overcoming their childhoods for whatever adverse traumas are there. There's a violent activation in somebody when they believe that they can resolve the pain like their father showed them in childhood that pain could be immediately put into you and fear for authority to get you to change your behavior. They will take that same lesson out into the world and test it. And we're seeing the manifestation of that now. I was fortunate enough that I didn't have that. I had psychological, sexual, um, it, it's, it's unbelievable to conceive that. And when I say this, because I do want to get to the unconditional love part. This is where I had to go. I'm, I'm getting to that. I, I want to share this. Um, she was a little girl once. She had dreams. She, my mother put all of the best of herself in childhood into her teenage years and her adulthood and her dreams of falling in love and... When you take a step back at the 40,000 foot view or cosmic view, however you want to look at it, you start to realize that we're no different at the very beginning when we start this whole journey into this world of craziness. And when you look at everyone, you see everyone is God, divine, child, magnificent, precious. It's God consciousness, infinite consciousness right in front of you in human form without any knowing of what it is, and you're basically God in front of it. You are God in the sky, you, mom and dad, if you're lucky enough to have both who care for you and love you and will die for you, that's really the issue, a fundamental core. Narcissism cuts that off. Narcissism makes saving your life a choice versus... <laughs> the automatic response of diving in front of your loved one to save them from the bullet without thinking of your own life. Those are acts of courage that we call virtue, and it's not premeditated. It's part of their very being. That's what we've been disconnected from. That's why this time is so painful. 
that's why all these traumas are coming up because it's the beliefs that we held on to dissolving before our very eyes. And it's very traumatic because our attachments are rooted in a hypersexualized, materialist, and ultimately violent culture that is anti-God, anti-human, anti-family, and anti-child. It is not, it has nothing to do with natural law. It's all through the deception of evil being presented as a anecdote to the problem with no debate. It's very authoritarian in its energy that's been raised in people who feel righteous in being able to tell people who, if their existence actually matters. I'm saying on the polarity. This isn't the, the whole and this isn't the majority, but that polarity, that energy that's out there on that distributive level is where all of this child abuse is rooted in because all of them are hurting. If, and I spoke to people about a week ago. I said, if you look at the people who demand you do X, Y, and Z that don't agree with anything that is rational, they don't want to live in this world either. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make them right, but that is the challenge of this time in front of you is neither of you want to live in the same world together based on your perception. And those perceptions have been married in fear, which is rooted in unconscious traumas, which is not sides, it's energetic pulls that pull people according to the authority that they have delegated away to figures that exist in their head. That's the scariness. That's the the freaking out part that people go, I don't understand how people can't see this. Yeah. I mean, I think we could go a thousand ways in this conversation. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I just so wanted to bring it all back no, to I think it's the great. things that I'm, I've discovered. I'm thinking about which way I want to go. First, I want to ask you, when, when you speak of evil, what do you think evil is? Unconsciousness. Okay. So your definition would be unconsciousness. Well, I would say that's where you'd start. Okay. And and then from there, it would manifest, like if I were to attach it to words, I would go Eric Fromm's definition. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I have it on my phone behind me. But he talks about the the evil man and how to spot the evil man. And he says the hardest part is that we go seeking for it in the villain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Twisting. And he's like, that's like almost rare if impossible. In fact, most of those people are idiots. That's what he called them. People are um, seeking the evil and the villain? Yeah, to seek, the, seek out the evil, like to know how to spot the Hitler. That's what he says. Right, right. And he it, says you, you can't do that. But don't you think that that is what a lot of what Hollywood movies are putting in front of us so that we can say that's evil, Corella <laughs> DeVille or... You know, who, who, whoever, you know, whatever those characters are. Yes, the energetic values. Well, see, they're changing. So what they're doing is, this is kind of complicated, but I'll make it simple. They're taking the old of what you were familiar with and they're changing it into more of their occult, dark magic representation now. Okay. So, it, so it had a different, when we were children, it was mm-hmm. the same thing, but they're evolving it now into their new time. That's all they're doing. Um, But it has an energetic pull at the 
the weakening. So what we're really faced with, I, I just, in relation to what you're saying, I know this sounds maybe not connected, but for children, because Corello Deville is the Disney figure, right? <laughs> that parents are going to present to their kids or teenagers <laughs> or, okay. And then the teenager or the parents are going to remember, you know, what they watched when they were kids. And, but the whole purpose of that is, If you have a less, if you have a less close, more cultural orthodoxy type family, which is social distanced, just forget just that, but consider the social cohesiveness of the family unit today in relation to digital technology and children's relation to their parents today that part has broken apart from 9-11 to now at least twice. And what I mean by that is that the pieces of consciousness for which we experienced 20, 30 years ago are separating into pieces and trajectories that we don't see the future state of where they're going to go because we have no reference from the past before to imagine or understand how they're going to be played out over time and I know that kind of sounds a little vague and a little haunting a little bit I get but, that though yeah, yeah. I, I think we have it's like it's like we're standing on ground that's really like like it, it like almost we want to make it feel like it's safe but we have no idea what the next step really is well we're following a story right we're I mean in the bigger sense we're, we're sitting back and we're watching news that we're amplifying through memes and social media. I mean, we're actually in, in many ways, and I don't say we as like we, this group, I'm saying on the whole, people today on social media in all forms are amplifying with all this stuff that's coming out, which is good. I'm not, I'm not, this is not like a, not a judgment know, blanket statement of everything. There's pluses and minuses to everything you could, but, but the attention is now gone to such a level that we're, we're talking about, there's no more facts. It's just how I feel and the belief in it. That's the part where it, we have to step out and realize that containment of belief is where they're going and to overstimulate that in the left hemisphere of the brain. So that's your literal interpretation of the world, very rigid and more judgmental and more hardened, which you would think as a result of these last two years, people will become more hardened and depressed in certain areas. I mean, that's not a mystery. That's not a no. conspiracy. So you look at the net effect of everything. There's more suicides. There's more depression. There's more anxiety. There's more um, consumption of porn. There's there's all these adverse nihilistic behaviors that are exploding everywhere that were not saying under control, but did not have, they had, they had boundaries and borders, which they could follow illusions of the future that they could look forward to. All of that is gone. Mm -hmm. All of that has been shaken up mm -hmm. for what reason we don't need to go into today. But, but the key is, is that if you're going to have a chance, I mean, I, I'm, I've debated this with myself for a year, a year, two, three, four, five, going through all the agendas and everything else. I said, if you're, the bottom line is this, heal yourself in a way that you've never done before by undertaking the challenge of going within 
on a level that really does challenge you. If you are so inclined and scratched, and when I say scratched, it's like itched. There's something pulling at you that you have to face that you don't have a name for yet. You don't have the language to describe it, but it bugs the holy crap out of you. And these are things that you may have to unpack in layers. They may be very painful, but on the other side of them, it's not about doing it alone. It's doing it with others who care for you, who truly love and care for you and understand your true value that you don't see, that you don't believe because you've worn a mask your whole life. And it's, it, it's almost nearly impossible to take your own mask off, look at it accurately and be able to go, oh yeah, I got all that, you know, fixed and then put it back on. And then you realize, no, you didn't. <laughs> right, right. Everybody's got to be accountable. Right. Right. So right. there's the, so there's the return to the individual, but it's not separateness. That's the hard part about this time. The return of the individual is not about the masquerading as an individual, but as a divine expression of the whole, a fractal. It's you're a part of God in this journey. It's not you are God in the sense, but it's are you a spiritual? So it's like this. Are you a human being having a spiritual experience or are you a spiritual being having a human experience? And doesn't matter what your understandings of that are in relation to all the BS outside of you, because here's what I learned. This is the fundamental issue. Narcissism not narcissists as we would diagnose them, but narcissism is a scar of loneliness, mm -hmm. a withdrawal of care in the child's time of need by the parent where the child doesn't remember it, but feels it. And that loneliness is created with a void where the child's, see, we forget because as adults, we can make choices, we can make decisions. We have uh, observable data that we can look back on and compare in relation to how we feel and what we understand from those experiences. But a child does not have that. A child, when it is in peril, fear, terror, physical, yelling, slapping, hitting, shouting, perversion around it, it absorbs all of that as reality. No filter, no filter. You are the filter for the child. The parent is the filter for the child. The parent serves the child, it's reality. And in that moment of terror, scarcity, withdrawal, care, where they let you sit there and cry your eyes out in tears and, and laugh at you. That's one, I'm just saying, it's one of many expressions of the same thing. This pain, this pain that they have put upon their own helpless and defenseless selves that they are now reminded they have in front of them. And the only program that they have is their childhood to raise you. This is where the forgiveness begins because you begin to see yourself in them. You see the worst parts of yourself in them, the ones you fought against feeling, the ones you know hurt you. You have to face them. You can't do that alone. You need each other. 
So we, we yeah, we're in this. So you're saying that the thing we all need to be doing, if we're so inclined, and mm-hmm. I completely agree, is is to do our own healing, to do our own mm-hmm. shadow work, to mm-hmm. do to to go through that that that's a hero's journey, um, to go to the depths of our souls and see the darkness that's there. Mm-hmm. And kind of withdraw those projections because we're looking for the evil Hitler and we're looking for the evil. Now it's Putin, you know, whoever it mm-hmm. is going to be tomorrow. It's a new face every day. Right. It's a new face every day. And we think we're fighting that. But mm-hmm. really, what we're doing is avoiding the reality or the truth that's in us. And we're all carrying around this from broken, well, I think also from broken childhood and also from a yeah. collective. We've just, Society too. Yeah, we we just we just all so many of our beliefs are just been given to us. We've just swallowed mm-hmm. them. You talk about as a child, there's no there's no filter. Mm-hmm. We just swallow every belief that's kind of comes our way, and it's so in, there's a, in, as invisible as that mask you talked about. We can't even mm-hmm. can't even see them. Um, it's yeah, it's it's deep. I mean, it's 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 a vast and deep issue. But I guess what I I say the reason why you do the inner work is because there's proof on the other side of that, that there is unconditional love that comes through. And that's why you do it. You, I just want to address this one issue because this will maybe make sense. Okay, for people who know where I came from, I came from Hollywood. I spoke out on Hollywood in 2020 with an Instagram live that went to about 100 million people worldwide. It, t- it continues to get shared to this day. Uh, it had to do with the censorship of my movie, A Child's Voice, by Amazon, for which they unpublished the film when human trafficking was going up in searches online and more people were starting to see it. And my movie was a very beautiful story about the road to redemption through love, about these two outsiders. The reason I bring this up is because what I came to understand, Carol, and this is why I do the work I do, is that you have to conquer your fear of death in this world, in this lifetime. The fear of death is given to you every single day. If you watch the news, there's scarcity promoted at every moment, and it's stimulating and sedating. It's not just all one channel. It's got every bit of appeal that it can offer you according to what you're willing to give it. It's really what it is. That's what authority is all about. If you're willing to give it time and energy, it will take you on its journey. And if you have to revisit it, when you have to revisit it again and see it for what it is, that's really what it comes down to. You have to find the courage within yourself, which is basically self-love, to face it for what it is finally and say, you know what? It ran in my family before it ran into me. This ends with me. Mm -hmm. This is my generation to give the future to these kids that I've been voting for for 20, 30, 40 years. Every time they use those words, I vote for the kids. I vote for the children, the future of the children. I'm going to make that future today. I'm going to start in my own life to be a better father, a better mother, a better son, a better daughter, not through obedience and submission and authority and fear, but I'm going to speak the truth about how I really feel, and I'm going to try to find people who can hear me, who can see me for the value that I am. The value that you know that you are, the value that you were born as as a child coming into this world, marred, scarred, and bruised, 
It's like, well, does your life have any meaning to it? I would hope yes, because again, like I said, none of us, you can say soul-wise, collectively we may have contractually signed up to do it. I'm fine with all of that explanation, <laughs> but that, yeah. give, give, me, give me the John Paul Rice story in 3D. <laughs> you know, I can't believe it. Because I said to myself, I mean, I had to deal with it when I said fear of dying. What I said on that live, um, I didn't know what I was saying when I said it. When I, what I mean is I said everything that was true and, and I could have said more, but it poured out of me and then it happened. And there isn't any way that I know, like given everything I know today, that uh, they don't know where I am or uh, not that I'm somebody important. Okay. Like I'm not trying to put that. I'm just saying that I had to let that potential go and not be afraid to stand up for what's right and what's true, but not to fight anybody, figure out the battle within yourself. If there's somebody out there that you want to hate or somebody that you're angry with, somebody who lives rent free in your head, that's not actively involving you right now. That's mm -hmm. really where you should start. It's like politicians. Well, that's an easy one. People on TV. That's an easy one. Now let's start with your sister, your brother, your mother, your father, your grandparents, your exes, all of these people who are now coming back into like, help, help, what's going on? You know? Right, right. And then right? we have the and groups, we have the groups, you know, whether it's races or now truckers or unvaccinated mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anchor a lot it of, with love. Yeah. This is the thing. It doesn't matter where your time space is, what your understandings are. This is to me what I have found to be in the times that I have experienced this for my own self. Again, this is my perception. This is just my experience. It's not trying to say everybody should know it like this. That's where you get into trouble. <laughs> That's when you get into trouble. That's you're like, oh, I don't need to buy your book. Thank you. No. <laughs> but... But that's where we're, that's the game we're playing. We're playing a game of mirrors and perceptions, and it and the only way to get to the bottom line truth of existence is you. You have to be willing to take that adventure on, as you wish to, and that God will be with you every step of the way, no matter where your time and space is, and that's really the truth. Is that Christ, in my view, is the shepherd who said, I will leave the 99 to go after the one. And I will travel high and low, day and night, to find the one that strayed yet again. And I will bring them back to the flock, and I will do it over and over and over again. The sheeple, the deplorable, the lowest of the low, the thief, the beggar, the adulterer, all the sinners, the ones that were abused, essentially. They were the throwaways of society. To me, this time represents our fundamental decision as to whether or not we are going to decide to live as machines in a transhumanist world, which is not, which is not about rejecting technology, mm -hmm. but is to take, is to not accept their version of technology for all of our desires and drives and impulses. When, really when you say their version, who is they? 
Well, the cultural engineers that uh, are run, let's just put it this way, um, the men mostly who are in a world of an unconscious world of men who seek power and to rule. Mm-hmm. So they cannot know what is best for you. They can only follow balance sheets in order to know the commodification of where they want you to go and what's working and what isn't. But they mm-hmm. always have a drive that they're, it's based on their belief and then they give that to us and then we reflect it back to them by voting for their puppets. I mean, everybody knows this, but like, <laughs> I well, just... I don't know. I think, so I think that, I think the thing is, I, I think a lot of people have a hard time awakening to this because yeah. it's, it's like, um, I watched a really interesting video recently mm-hmm. where it showed um, how these people... Uh, trapped wild pigs, and um, it's hard for me to watch because I'm a I'm a real animal lover. But what they showed was there was a, a an, an outdoor trap, and they had some food in the center, and the little piglets would stray in, but the sows would stay back, and the most wise would really stay back. But then the next day they would go, and um, nothing bad happened the day before, so maybe a couple more went in. But the most wise and experienced still stayed out. It, after a few days, they kept going, well, nothing bad happened. I, you know, like you can imagine they're thinking, nothing bad happened, nothing bad happened, nothing bad happened. Mm-hmm. There's food in there. They all go in there, the trap uh, snaps, and then they just go wild because they realize they're trapped. And I think so many people cannot wake up to this this yes. model of the world because the when you realize there is some kind of, Maybe trap is just a metaphor, the Mm -hmm. matrix, something. There's some sort of control system that we're Mm -hmm. actually in. It's frightening, and I think people can't face that. So more people are inclined to watch Netflix or, you know, Mm -hmm. sit around and Mm -hmm. do pretend that things are normal. Pretend that things are normal Mm -hmm. the way they've always been. It's all going to go back to normal eventually, and -hmm. and that, that it's so hard to face. And I think it's as hard to face for many, many people, as the inner journey is hard for people to face. you That is such an astute observation because the thing that I um, explored during this last several years was the inner and outer journeys being necessary in, in stages. You know, it's like your whole life. Um, pretty much 18 years of everyone's life for the most part, not everyone, but on the whole is a lot of hand holding, mm-hmm. right? So you have a structure, school and education. And then all of a sudden you take that structure and obviously you can apply it service wise, but then there's also psychic conscious content going on with wall street to, you know, maybe schools, a little bit different polarities there at play. Um, But yes, um, reality as it once existed is is being retired. That's kind of what I try to, and I I don't think it's like, oh, okay, well that 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 makes sense. So like, so what's it gonna be? And like, that's the part where everybody's like, uh, (laughs) hello, (laughs) is anybody home? You know, like, what, what, what are we getting after this? <laughs> Somebody tell me. I'd like yeah. a Christmas present. <laughs> you know, does nice it end? is it over? Is it over? Does it end? Does it end? Are we just waiting for the next, you know? And the truth is, is that, yes, it will eventually exhaust itself, but it will have done much damage. 
And that's the part that we are beginning to grieve over. We don't see yet, like people are shocked. Okay. Where it concerns children on a polarity of issues today without going into great detail because it's a sensitive topic for, mm -hmm. for some. And I don't mind talking about it because I would give you like the whole context of what's going on agenda wise, but it's mm -hmm. not about the agenda. It's about the energies that are out there. On the polarity of the world stage today, you have, um, let's just say on this side over here, defenders and protectors of children at all costs, you know, against pedophiles and all that. And then on another observable spectrum, not conspiracy, is a group of people who believe that children should have bodily autonomy to make all body and genetic and mind and sexual uh, changes before puberty permanently with chemicals and access to these uh, things at Planned Parenthood, you know, without having to have parental consent. Okay. Both of those are not going to resolve the issue. If one is in opposition to the other, one can be in opposition to the other, but the other can't be in opposition to it because then it reinforces the, the polarity. That's how the left and the right have come so far apart is they reinforce the polarity. Mm -hmm. If both of them stopped listening to their politicians and the media, everybody would just say, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 I completely what are we agree. Doing here? It's I like, wait a minute, all, all these billionaires that like told us what we should be thinking and feeling are wrong? Oh, shit, you know. <laughs> but, 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 but I guess it, it goes to a deeper level, which is to being able to let go of your judgments and your attachments and your resistance. And that is both an external and an internal exercise because our attachments to the things that we believed in that are so painful to let go of are, I mean, on a small level, it's relate. look at relationships and how many relationships have fallen apart during this time and mm -hmm. changed in people. Mm -hmm. It's the mm -hmm. same thing. So it's the universe of two and then the universe of everything else outside of you. And really the only thing that's costing you time is your unconscious fears that are preventing the two of you or the whole of you to detach. And, and really what I found behind that is that the uncertainty of childhood, where there was destabilized, um, you know, it wasn't consistent. Like, you know, think of it like this, the way a salesperson is motivated, right? Mm -hmm. Gets 99 no's and one yes, but it keeps searching for the next yes, right? Mm -hmm. It'll take mm -hmm. the next 99 no's so too will a child seek love that way. Mm -hmm. So when you put all of this out there and you let it play out and you awaken it by destabilizing the world, you then are a metaphor for destabilizing their childhoods and you get Antifa and BLM and right-wing fringe and all sorts of things that we never expected to see and then more importantly the reason why you do this work for yourself and for others that you love and care for maybe a very small group of people doesn't have to be everyone doesn't have to be all your followers you do this because you know that 
At the end of the day, just like you, no one wants to think and feel in these ways about terrors of future threats or things that they've got to worry about when all that is doing is just sucking the energy out of them to make change actually possible. They're waiting for a time to come and be handed to them to sedate them again Mm -hmm. and bring them back in. This is the thing that we can break. This is why they are doing and going so hard at what they're doing right now is because they know that there was going to be a resistance. They knew that. To the level and degree, I don't know. I don't know what it's really like. I don't know what the poles really are. I don't, I don't try to, but I think that everybody is in a state of disbelief at how we have been through these cycles for so long. And now we see them for the first time in mm-hmm. some cases very clearly that these people don't care about you and I, they don't care about you and I, George Carlin, they don't, you know, he used That's a little true. bit more. He's a prophet. And it's, and it's like, now you see it for what it is. And there are going to be those who don't, or they're going to see it not your way. And they're not going to respond your way as creatively, as constructively as rationally. That's why all of this matters really is to try to make, it's not to make sense of the world and actually try to straighten it out because that'll lead you down a road of finding a cult. Mm -hmm. It's to learn that each person in your universe is no different than you, is trying to figure things out if they're doing destructive acts to you, obviously you need to remove yourself from them. I'm not like, you know, oh, no, take it, take another stab at it. You know, like go <laughs> after that person that, you know, constantly drives you nuts and triggers you. You may have to remove yourself from it, but you need to start looking at all those things that trigger you and try to trace them back to, or at least find a way like EFT, which I found breaks that emotional connection with the thought. So the disassociation from that trauma is is now there's a new loop which is the inner child stuff that we talked about healing your inner child making peace with your inner child being an advocate for your inner child listening to your inner child before you go to your judgments in fact because the child is see the child that was not heard as a child to the parent it was muted it was silence doesn't have the because the parent didn't listen to the child it couldn't hear what the child was really saying. You can do that. Your mm-hmm. future self who's here right now can do that with your inner child. You can listen to it, hear what it's trying to tell you and comfort it and love it and be the advocate and the protector for it. And what will happen as a result of that is that will come to you because all people, all people need that strong mother and father to rise up and say, I am not gonna take this anymore. We have to protect all life on this planet. We don't need environmental movements. We don't need big corporate agendas about technology, this and that to solve our problems. We really need to stop responding to all of this stimuli, take a step back and go, wait a minute. We're not looking at how we got here. We may need to look back at that story, even though it may be painful, maybe maybe cost us some of our beliefs and the things that we we held on to before. The establishment is not, I'm just saying this, is the establishment is not going to have this level of self-reflection on any level. No, no. 
So and let me let me ask you yeah, this though. You, you, it's okay. Another, yeah. You talk about so reconnecting with the inner child. I talk about this a lot as well. So and then you talk about how our inner child needs that mother father, which is ourself, right? Because I think yeah. what we do is we put that mother father on to government or experts or yes. we're we're looking for external Other mothers and fathers, yeah. right? Authorities mm-hmm. because we haven't been mothered and fathered or mothered and fathered our own inner child mm-hmm. to the degree that he or she needs it, wants it, craves it. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Or do you agree uh, with that? A hundred percent. And here's the, the living example that can be scary when you can contemplate it. Your mother and father, who, like I said earlier, were just like you were when you were young, that five-year-old when you priced out their life and looked back on it, all the suffering unnecessarily that occurred, and I'm not saying it's about mothers, fathers, aunts, uncles, all of it. You have to look at it holistically, generationally, forwards and backwards. You see the signatures of the scars and it changes in everybody. It's not the same and some people were born at this time, some people were born at that time, at a later time when things are different, situations different. Um, what I guess I want to answer your question in so many ways but uh, it's a great question I mean okay ask me specifically one thing that you want to know because I could answer like four or five different ways this question I just want to make sure I'm hearing it so clearly that, that I can say with precision what the answer is, and then I'll go into explaining it. Because okay. if I, I go I into think, explaining it, I'll get lost. <laughs> okay, that's okay. I have a few questions, but the, the one that I just asked had to do with our propensity to project uh, onto authority figures yeah. the, the father and the mother that we probably lacked or that mm-hmm. we crave mm-hmm. today because we're yeah. not doing our own inner parenting or inner loving, I guess I should right. say, con- unconditionally loving our own inner child. And so mm-hmm. instead of, I mean, this is all about authority. Mm-hmm. Are there any authorities? Who is the authority? To me, God is the authority. Our inner God self is 100%. the authority. 100%. My you know, higher self, my unconditional love, heart, whatever you want to call that, is the authority. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've been so shocked in this last couple of years seeing yes. some of my friends and, you know, some of my, many of my minister friends and just completely throwing so many, so much of what we believe to be true about healing and wholeness and, and God and mm-hmm. no fear, only love, throwing that, casting that to the side and listening to these experts to tell us mm-hmm. what to do next. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would we ever How do that? How would we do that? That's it. Okay, so this is where... Um, I can help on that, I think, is to explain it like this. Because I, I, I've, I've delved into this area, mm-hmm. um, like with my friends, and contemplated my own um, life in that respect. Authority, essentially, outside of yourself, cannot be known. So authoritarianism cannot be necessarily known as a signature in somebody on the basis of uniform collectivism. So collectivism and individualism have been split apart. We used to have like Mm -hmm. a collective structure that was symbiotic with the center. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. 
I think that's interesting. I I hadn't really thought through that, but when you say those words, that's exactly how it feels, that collectivism and individualism have separated. Yes. Um, They're not the same anymore. Uh, And basically what you have is a libertarian, I'm not saying politically, but uh, consciously minded libertarian and authoritarian energies out there today in in polarity. Um, However, how this breaks down is this, uh, you don't know what you don't know. (laughs) And what that means is, is it's not knowledge. When you're a child and your parents are parents, which are God, to you, they are God and therefore everything that they do is God. And everything that is God is authority. It is the divine authority. It's, the, it's not an authority that is, you know, um, threatening. They're the structure for which you attach yourself and model yourself after in divine feminine and masculine. If we're all going to the, like, what's the intention, right? What's the imprinting reality-based intention of a mother and father's role in summoning the divine out of a child and raising it up in a human form, right? This is where we're going. Mm-hmm. So, so, when, so when we're talking about reality in each individual and unique person's life and how it was uniquely, dynamically and artistically Articulately structured, you know, in some, I mean, everybody's life is so freaking unique <laughs> in terms of the story is vastly different person to person. Yet here we are, we're like right across from each other, right? It's like, you survived that? Oh my God. You survived that? Oh my God. And it's like, yeah, I'm a normal person. Like you're a normal person, but, right? But it's like, it's so different because it's also based on our perception our own unique individual perception and our perceptions among perceptions mixed together. When, if your mother or father had a parent or parental figure in their earliest years that was influential. And again, I don't think of these like one dimensional uh, constructs because you'd have like, there are other people in your life that come in, like I said, many hands holding. Mm-hmm. Okay, not always the same outcome, though, right? But if you didn't have certain behaviors or boundaries that were natural and normal, and your boundaries involved alcohol among your parents or unpredictable behaviors that could emerge your authority and your relationship with it, which originally started with them, is distorted. Because if they come in and exert authority on you through fear and terror, manipulation, stopping you from you know, doing that. I, I realized I saw a child, was told to me one time, ran, you know, was playing, was playing in a park and it ran towards the street where there was a car coming. Of course, the parent runs towards it, but he grabs the child and he hits the child. Oh, wow. Oh, my. Don't do that. Oh, gosh. 
So what did that do in the reality of the child? It went from a moment of joy to a moment of pain without any knowing or explanation as to why, because the child didn't see the danger and the child was not willful in its Mm -hmm. wanting to be foolish. Mm -hmm. But like I said, is that as Alice Miller talks about and many others, it's like when we're finally confronted for the first time with our own vulnerable defenseless selves in real time, that's when this stuff comes up. Mm -hmm. That's when those trigger points are pulled. That's what we haven't been able to course correct on the whole in society, which again, it's not a cult. It's not, everybody's got to line up and do the same thing. It's like we all have to do our parts to bring in the kingdom of heaven from our heart. Mm-hmm. This is, this is I, I've looked at everything that I can think of and I'm like, I've contemplated. I'm not saying this is, this is just my belief of what I think can be done. And if people are not able to do that work because of the challenge that it is, this is where I, I, I'm not judgmental because I understand I could not sell you this, mm-hmm. which is take up something that you can do for somebody else who's in a position to need that is immediately in your inner circle. Those are the people that you need to anchor and hold on to with love because the authority when your parent doesn't, isn't given something, they can't give it to you, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you don't know. I had certain blind spots that have been identified by people who care for me as going. We trace that back to the fact that, well, there were no boundaries at the beginning. So, like, I'm just going and seeking love in such a self sabotaging and disastrous way that of course that's why it played out that way over 15 years mm-hmm. of course that's why every woman you met and it wasn't their fault and it wasn't your fault on a conscious level that you were setting yourselves up for failure mm-hmm. because what you wanted to do was to find somebody who accepted your scars and mm-hmm. could heal you and heal those wounds and the truth of the matter is there are people out there who will do that for you but you have to commit to yourself not to throw that upon them and make mm-hmm. them, you know, figure it out for you. But that there's got to be some from both sides, a give and a take that say, well, you know, it's crazy as heck what we're doing here. And it doesn't like you couldn't have written that in a book or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you're going to sit here and tell me that this is how it, how I'm supposed to realize my life. <laughs> it's like, it, and it's nothing about like everything that I've ever known. And you're like taking me to these, the depths of these places where it can be very frightening to contemplate. What I do believe though, is that, as I said, is that no matter what it is that you I just believe this with all my heart that your love for the people you care about in this world change time based on all the evidence of quantum mechanics, heart love, heart mind uh, synchronicity, all, all of it, all the things that you're. I mean, this is a temple. Yes. Yeah, so if, the yeah. so the. So I think what you said and what you're saying is what is ours to do is to love, right? I mean, Pretty it's much. To, it's to... In a roundabout way, I got to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have, but we have to, to love ourselves 
and and but that but that that's there's work to be done for that. There's but then work also to be done. then then keeping the people in your circle who you care about, and I think this is really important because mm-hmm. there are families that are split in terms of. Uh, the perceptions of COVID or mm-hmm, vaccination right. or, you know, po- yeah, political, you know, defunding police, whatever it is, whatever it is, there are families mm-hmm. that are split on these. And so some of them have, have separated, like there are families mm-hmm. that really wouldn't be together for Thanksgiving because of one reason or another. So some mm-hmm. have actually separated and others get together, but they only have certain topics they can talk about and mm-hmm. will only talk about movies. Or, mm-hmm. But I, I think that to the extent that we can be together to connect mm-hmm. with whomever, I think that's what you're saying, whoever is in your circle, to, to connect, to love, to be in service to them. And, mm-hmm. and that, that shifts the energy of all that stuff that's in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and and do you do you think we should unplug from the social media and I think feeding that monster really only reinforces mind content of judgment that you're supposed to have an opinion and argue and debate or think about. So for example, like when I told this to a group of people uh, last week, I said, you know, when you see them with a mask on, you have a immediate prejudgment about and, and the same that they have for you. And both of those have been given to you mm-hmm. without either one of you saying a word to each other. Mm-hmm. That's how powerful this stuff is. Mm-hmm. So when you approach it from a different angle and you don't feed into those old arguments and you come at it from an authentic angle, as and I, I would say even as awkward as you might try at the attempt and to be open about your intention saying, I may not say all the things that I intend to in the way that I, but I'm trying, this is what I'm trying. I'm in pain. I'm in, I'm trying to communicate this pain that I don't want to feel anymore. It may have to just simply be like that. And you may also, this is the other side of it, which is the harder part is you have to let go of the outcome of what you want. Mm-hmm. You have to do this for yourself. You can't get it through the validation of other people who are not capable of giving you the love that you deserve and want. That's our sickness. Yes. That's the distortion of our entire society is going through channels where it's distorted and you won't get what you want. You'll pay a ton of money to play. <laughs> You'll pay a lot with your emotions and they will use that energy to fuel their machine indefinitely as yeah. far as they can go. And for us, it's like you reverse the flow from fear to love, from scarcity to abundance. These are not just words. These are not just phrases. They, become, begin, they go from beliefs into lived experiences that become the knowing of the truth for yourself. There is no belief, no following, that you have to go and find outside of yourself because you know it to be true because it proves it to you true every single time. And then when a new anomaly comes along, you bring it into your understandings of things and you test it, you test your traditions, you not to d- d- dismantle them and take them apart. Question them all but, though. Yeah, question them all to strengthen yeah. them. Yeah. You're gonna get new challenges. You're gonna have new things thrown at you that you've never seen before. 
And the thing is, is if you respond and react the way they want to provoke you, then all it does is reinforces that negative force that they're throwing at you as psychic mind content. And the more people that take it in and fight it, like on a le- I'm not saying don't fight tyranny. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying stand up for what's right. But, but have something in this time, this time, whatever it's going to end like, however it's going to be, if the spaceship shows up, if Christ himself comes back, if the whole thing blows to smithereens, if we all just vaporize into spirit, you know, however it is, or we, we enter a golden age of a thousand years and all of it comes true and more, I don't know, but that's the whole freaking point. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so I was going to ask you a question because I, you talked about, and I talked about this too, I feel like we're at this, um, this kind of fork in the road that, you know, the the they is driving everything to transhumanism and you know that that whole thing and and there's another there's there's another option and i was going to ask you what do you think that other that other what is that other vision do you have a vision i know we don't know but do you have a vision for for opposite of transhumanism yeah the opposite of that that yeah. timeline it's really it's it's the biological intelligence of 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 the whole earth planet um it's an it's a it's a what I kind of visualize it as a couple of years ago. I don't I don't think I would, but it's sort of like a convergence of 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 things. Um, it's not homogenous or, or monolithic. It's sort of like a fragmentation of consciousness that has gotten a higher level of reality in its grasp from past experiences and awakenings in knowledge which is say awakenings and knowledge, but it really now comes down to the application of taking all that we've learned from before and looking at what, okay, this is false. What is true now, right? What's holistically true. What's universally true. Lay down those foundations of truth. Let them be debated infinitely. Mm -hmm. Because as I said, again, you want to debate good versus bad, evil versus this, whatever, whatever your flavor and calling it, but let it be done. Not to bring it into the world, but if it's of the world and it is in existence, let it be heard so that we can understand how best to like, not let that thrive. You silence it, you put it into, a, like, let me just give you an example. And this is not an advocacy, Kate. Please understand, I, I am about 100% accountability of behavior and abuse. But take pedophilia, which is an extremely difficult issue to, to a lot of people, especially now, for a variety of reasons. There are people who say, save the children and hang these pedos. Now, morally, you could say that's correct. You know, there could be a moral justification made in society that says we need to protect all children and we need to hang and kill all these people who have touched children. All right. That doesn't solve the root cause of the problem. Mm -hmm. The root cause of the problem is occurring in childhood where there is no safe adult around that is now so the child is being violated there's no safe adult 
there's no one there to referee any of that abuse. And by the time that person is out in public and becoming an adult, all of that is incubated over 18, 20, 30 years. If we don't clean this mess up inside, then further authority will entrench over time mm-hmm. its reaches into legislating your children and how you raise them. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm talking about on mm-hmm. the bigger scale, the responsibility and accepting the heaviness of this time, yes, but not taking the weight of the world on your shoulders and realizing that you are a, a model for other people to follow if you prove it to be done versus talking about it, versus theorizing about it, versus hoping for the next moment to come where things will then settle and we'll be at this oasis place that we're all talking about, you know, bringing everybody along to. I'd like to see where the food is, where the (laughs) land is, tell me where the water is. But this is what I'm saying. It's like, this is the world you, guess what guys, we're it. (laughs) Right, we're it. No one's coming. We're it. Tag, you're it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's the thing. It's like, no, you have to build the new world. You have to bring it into ex- conscious existence. The, all the tools are going to be given to you in a world where decades ago, the internet was made as a weapon of war. And what did human consciousness do with it before it became perverted? It wanted to see endless pet, cat, dog, and baby videos. <laughs> that's who we are. That's who we are. So you can bend, bend that arc, take technology and bring us back into humanity. How can I do that? Look at the world's problems today. How are we going to solve? How are we actually going to solve? Not treat them, not vote for them, not campaign for them, not fund for them, not text for them. How do we solve the world's problems that are in existence with children, degenerate Generation, an entire generation of degenerate children will come into full manifestation in the next three to five years if we don't get our act together. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about things that you have never seen in children before that you see today in pornification with adults. Mm. That will be a normal feature among children within a very short period of time. And the media will promote it. They will promote it. They're promoting gay and lesbian Percentages of children today identify as bisexual and transgender today at a higher rate than gay and 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 lesbian. Mm-hmm. Per five years ago, before that, it was lower than those two identities in children. This is social cultural engineering. Well, this some people what would say. Yeah. What some people would. Uh, I, 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 some people would say. Well, children are awakening more to who they really are. Right. <laughs> That's what they would say. Yeah. Because because those people who say that, even if even if they're paid to say that, they believe that because that's how they feel. See, we're not in a world of facts anymore. We're in a world of feelings. Mm. And our feelings according to how we feel, this is why I guess I'd say inner work is so important is because you really need to straighten those feelings out. You really need to get an exact understanding of why you have the feelings you do and why you feel the way about the world that you do and why you feel the way you do about yourself. And 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 don't be afraid to revisit all of it if there's something, like I said, that itches you there. 
because it's telling you to pay attention to this, that it needs your attention and care or starting to. And, and I, I say this as somebody that like, I thought <laughs> in 2019 and 2020, I was like, man, <laughs> this is good. I feel good. I mean, I feel good. Like our chances, all of this, you know, whatever. 2021 comes along and it's probably like my nightmare year. Uh, one of the most difficult years I've ever gone through emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And, um, and I'm just telling you like the only example that I was ever given that showed me peace and uh, with results over time was this lady who talked to me for eight, nine months every day, held my hand and, um, showed me what real unconditional love is. And she kept coming back to me when I was least deserving of it because Uh she could see, she could see the real person. A lot of people see, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not discrediting myself, but a lot of people just see us online. Sure. Yeah. And they think, you know, they know you, but they don't live with you. Right. This is like the media. I don't know any of those people in Washington, DC. I've never had lunch with them. I don't sit down at the board meetings and everything. Okay. So, But this person, she could see me on a level that I didn't see my worth and my value. And then she raised me up and she showed me what that was. And being a model of that to someone else who needs it activated that unconditional love in me as I have begun to let those terrors that are imagined from the past fall and and allow myself to try a new way that is that has all of my fears attached to it, but they're all irrational. And the the fact is is that really what it is is care is love in man in full manifestation of love. Is, is it, care is given to somebody, and it's the manifestation of love because it could be received by somebody in some way. And what she did for me was she gave me that care and that love unconditionally on a level I had never experienced it because of all of my childhood. Okay. And uh, anyway, I just wanted to say that because it, it, it's so powerful to have that for people who think it's an answer outside of yourself, but really it's the one that, that needs nurturing, that inner child. It, it all is one and the same. It's all the cycle. You're trying to change the loop of running backwards while trying to go forward and really all you're trying to do is be right here. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Anyway, that's a long way to explain that, but That's a, that's good though. I want to kind of wrap this up. I think we could I could talk to you forever and 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 we'll talk again, but if you were to like um boil everything that you've said down to a couple action steps for people and I know that it would it's only actionable if the person's ready and willing. I know that, you know, we can't mm-hmm. say, hey, go do one, two, three. But mm-hmm. let's just assume that people are listening and they're like, mm-hmm. what can I do? What should I, what's the first thing I should do? What would you say? I would say get off of social media. You may not have to diet it, but draw down your notifications on your phone, all the things that stimulate you from the outside that call your attention away from being in your own thoughts. You have to decide what's best for you. Uh, after you do that, I would, I would just say getting outside every day and being in the sun, uh, the light of the sun for 10, 20, 30 minutes, not to burn yourself, get out ground on earth, 
Put your feet on the ground, get out in nature, breathe that air, get out of the world, get out of the television. Really start to, if it really takes it on a simple level, watch yourself. That's all you gotta do is just watch yourself. Watch yourself, watch how you're really feeling when you feel impulsive to do something, watch yourself. Don't shame and blame yourself. That's where diets come from. Um, and, and, and really, you're just torturing yourself in a different, more sophisticated way because you're still addicted to the thing that you want. Um, you have to see those things for what they really are. And so you may have to starve yourself. Yes, do you know different things. But watching yourself really gives you the greatest discernment. Um, I believe practicing, you know, if you find a daily meditative practice, if it's if it's yoga, if it's if it's being still, if it's listening to binaural beats, Something that actually gives you joy and peace and also laughter and humor. All mm-hmm. of our senses need to be reconnected at a higher vibrational level. That's really what the ultimate goal. So your objective is to increase the vibration of all of your senses that are essentially at the very end of the day, the child born in gifts that you have of creation and imagination. It's being in touch with those things that the mind will take you out of and away from. And you don't get to them by avoiding these things. Experience them for the experience that they are in the day that you're experiencing them. Don't try to hold on to the permanence of, oh my God, that one day it was so amazing. And then try to go after it for like eons and eons. Like like if I could only go back to the beginning when it first happened. Oh my God, it was like so amazing, this joy. And now it's like mixed with joy, but then there's fear. <laughs> it's like, no, no. Um, but I mean, I'm being realistic because it's my; these are my experiences. And and talking with somebody, um, talking with somebody at least once or twice a day, even if it's five, ten minutes, that is actually happy to hear from you. Oh, yeah. Pets, animals, yeah, children. They also have that energy too because they're excited to see you. Right. But but if you have somebody in your life that's excited to see you. It's like you might even have to stop and say, hey, can you be excited to see me for like five <laughs> minutes here? It's like, you know, like, I mean, I don't, I'm not like saying go to that. But, that, but that's, that's important. These are, these are things that you have to look at yourself in the mirror and get, think on a higher level, just more than what's being offered to you in front of you. And it's playing. It's the five-year-old. I'm it's it's getting child, in touch yeah. with that five-year-old. That's really what it is. That's what, well, who doesn't want to be five years old again? Who, I know. who doesn't? Like, really? Like, you want to live in this world? I'd rather be five years old. <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's like, please give me my toys and my cartoons and, and, and just let me eat my, you know, crackers and cookies. And I, want to run through the, I want to run through a field of flowers as a five-year-old. I just want to run free through the fields. That's how I always envision my inner five-year-old. You have to do it, though, yeah. Carol. Right. I know you that. have to go I and actually that. do I gotta it. i got to actually do it. i got to get out of my mind. Otherwise, VR is coming, you know. And <laughs> no, then not going to do that. Not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> then you don't even have to leave your couch. You can just no, run through no. the field. <laughs> no. In fact, I think I'm going to go do this now. <laughs> You've got one. I do. It's 25 degrees outside. We had a coat on. Oh. <laughs> Just talking to you inside. <laughs> but, yeah. but anyway, I also, you know, for me, I also have my, my animals. And I think it's great you said that because there's something that just really brings out the inner child in me when I'm around my dogs and cats and all because I had mm. them when I was a child. So, um, yeah. But I think that's a really good, I, I love all of the, the, the deep, heartfelt, 
philosophical talk and and your talk about healing and and mm-hmm. about the world and and what we can do and unconditional love and then and then we're wrapping it up with here's a few really practical things that people can do to to keep our vibration high otherwise we'll be I, I notice myself checking my stupid phone you know it's like and, and and it's so easy to say, well, I'll only do it for another day or, well, things are just so crazy right now. I've got to check it. But things will always be crazy. They're not going to stop being crazy, right? We just need to put all that and say, I'm not going to play that game. I'm going to go take my shoes off and walk in the grass. Exactly. Well, it has, I mean, at the end of the day, if you want a practical answer to that, there's the world that they present you, the world that it actually is. And does it have an effect on you? Yes, it does. To the degree that it does is up to you. Yes. That's really what it comes down to. This is about taking back your power, taking back your authority without firing a shot. Yeah. It's the peaceful way out. Yeah. And, and everybody will come along in steps, but if you go and, and create that, if you really create that place, that, that reality, and you show that it can be done, it's the possibilities for other people to come along. You just don't know. You yeah. just don't know. Right. Right. So I, anyway, I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me on here. Uh, now I talk a lot, but. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a great conversation. And, and thank you for your gracious sharing and telling us of your healing journey and, and relating it to the world at large. Because I think we should, we should end this with a sense of hope. You know, and I know people think, yeah, well, hope absolutely. is is cheap or hope isn't real, but hope is something that we it it raises our vibration. And when we live in a state mm-hmm. of expectancy, a state of expectancy that we are creating our life, we are creating our world. We do have a choice about how much mm-hmm. this is going to impact us, and we do have a choice. We can just go love another person, just like you're talking about this person who saw you. I'm, you know, I think about an avatar. I see you. You know, there's something very very profound about this being seen. We can do that for other people. And to the extent mm-hmm. that we have the capacity to do that, we can go out and do that today. See, Just see the depth of other people. Behold the Christ within. Behold the God within. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, Carol. It's okay. been a pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure too. And I now close the spiritual forum. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about us, check out thespiritualforum.org. The Spiritual Forum is affiliated with Unity Worldwide Ministries. We're a nonprofit corporation and depend solely on donations from people like you. If you find that you're benefiting from your listening, we encourage you to donate on our website, thespiritualforum.org. Our music is by Matt Nelson. Sound engineering is by Mark Jaschelski.